football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate mette and terry what's up guys how's it going all right in today's episode we're actually going to preview some of the divisions starting with the afc east uh, we'll take a look at a fantasy preview for this division all the players that are pretty much fantasy relevant for leagues this year and then we'll just hop into a general preview of the division looking at different positions and then we'll finish it off by just looking at our projected divisional record for each team. So uh, let's just hop right into it. Um, the first team we're going to look at for fantasy uh, is the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, Mete, I will start with you. Um, I guess just which Bills quarterbacks are fantasy relevant this year? All right. So I've only looked at the two quarterbacks of uh, the Bills, which is Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky. Josh Allen, I don't have much to say. Like he should be a top four quarterback in fantasy. Uh, he's got the cannon arm. He's got great legs. Uh, there's not much else to say. I think if you draft him, uh, he's easily a quarterback one for you. And then I looked at Trubisky. Uh, I don't think he's draftable. But if anything happens to Allen, uh, let's knock on wood. Hopefully nothing does. Uh, I think he would fill in really well um this will be the first time he's playing on a team with so many weapons like they're stacked at wide receiver their tight ends not might their tight ends might not be the greatest but um the running backs are pretty solid as well so yeah all right for sure and um yeah josh allen's pretty much a cut and dry um, qb1 at this point and yeah definitely trubisky has upside if anything happens to josh allen and um i'll just get into uh, the bills running backs now uh just looking at the situation they have there um zach moss for me uh is pretty much an rb3 because um he's they're not committed to him as a starter i know he is the main early down back for them and then um, Devin Singletary is more of their like second, third down back. I know they'll even alternate the two of them. Uh, they're pretty much sharing the role right now. I feel like that Zach Moss is a bit younger. He's a bit more upside. So maybe an RB3 uh, with a bit of upside there if he starts. And then Devin Singletary, um, he's pretty much uh, RB4 for fantasy. You know, there might be a bit of upside there depending on how much they use him. And then they did bring in Matt Breida. I don't really see a ro- much of a role for him considering, I guess, both of his age and I guess his injury history. So I think he's pretty much undraftable right now, but uh, that can always change depending on what happens at camp. So um, yeah, that's just a pretty good fantasy look at Bill's running backs. And um, I'll just get to uh, Bill's wide receivers now. And uh, Nate, let me get to you for that. So for Bill's wide receivers, um, I have Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley. Um, Stefan Diggs, um, similar to Josh Allen. Um, if you, if he falls to you in the draft, definitely take a look at Stefan Diggs. I think he's, but he's a top five wide receiver this season, most likely potentially top three, depending on which sources you check. Um, I think last season got 16.6 fantasy points per game. So again, definitely take a look at Stefan Diggs. Um, I think for Cole Beasley, um, I see him more as like kind of like a bench wide receiver. Um, or he could be kind of like a flex wide receiver if you like to draft a lot of wide receivers. 
Um, if you're in a shallow league and for whatever reason, um, people decided to not um, take a look at Cole Beasley, you might be able to find him on some um, waiver wires, especially in shallow leagues. So um, I guess for like the first couple of weeks, take a, take a look at the waiver to see if you see him. Um, I think last season got 11.1 fantasy points per game. He has um, high upside since he's playing on the Bills. Um, he's going to have weeks where he gets over 20 fantasy points um, like versus Arizona or San Francisco. I think Arizona, he got 22. San Francisco, he got 23. So um, again, if you see him on the waiver, try to pick him up immediately, especially if you need a wide receiver. Yeah, for sure. I think that some people had him at like a wide receiver three type level, but I guess uh, you see him a bit lower. And I guess um, maybe because they brought in guys like Emmanuel Sanders and they have Gabriel Davis there, I guess are any of those guys worth drafting? I guess maybe they're more bench receivers at the most, or what would you say about Gabriel Davis and Emmanuel Sanders? I think for them, they're pretty much bench wide receivers at the most as well. I think most of the reason um, why I put Cole Beasley as kind of like a wide receiver three or less like a flex wide receiver is um, I guess I just kind of went with um, if you were in a shallow league, who would you take, who you would take um, first. And I guess um, I think if you're in a, a shallower league, Cole Beasley might not end up being like the first guy that you look at kind of situation. So I think there's a chance that he might end up um, going, um, being overlooked just because of there's just so many good wide receivers out there. So it's really tough to pick in a shallow league. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Stefan Diggs is a clear cut wide receiver one. He's probably a top five receiver pick this year. Then you got Beasley in like the wide receiver three range. And then I guess Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis should be in the sleeper type pick range. I guess, is that pretty much how you see it? Yeah. I mean, if you see some potential for them, I mean, they're on the bills, right? So there's always going to be a chance that they can pop off. So um, if you're, you really like their potential, um, don't, don't draft them. Try to look on the waiver. They're most likely going to be available for most weeks. And then, if you feel like they're going to have a good game, like for example, um, Cole Beasley, he is out for um, maybe one game. So they're going to give more looks to Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Um, you like, you really like Emmanuel Sanders potential, pick him up for that week. He'll probably do really well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely like the sleeper potential for Gabriel Davis. I think he had a great rookie year last year, and I think he definitely has a chance to break out. But Terry, let me get to you for uh, the Bills tight ends uh, in fantasy. Um, fantasy relevant tight ends? Uh, I guess you go with Dawson Knox. He's probably going to be a flex tight end in like a super deep league, probably 16 teams. If you're on ESPN, if they have more than 16 teams, probably 18 teams. Uh, in his forecast, I guarantee you touchdown a bus weekends. Most likely go against teams that are pretty horrible in covering tight ends. And back to you with the next team. Yeah, I think when we covered our tight end rankings, I don't think he appeared on most of our list. I think he is outside the top 24 tight ends uh, for most of us. So I think that he's definitely someone that should be left on the waiver. And like you said, touchdown or bust is pretty much the way to go. So uh, let's just move to the Miami Dolphins for their fantasy outlook. 
Um, Nate, I'll start with you this time looking at um, the quarterbacks for uh, Miami. I guess who from the Dolphins will be fantasy relevant this year? Uh, so for the Dolphins, um, I put um, to a tag of Iloa. Um, he was injured, so he, he didn't play to his full potential last season. He got 13.5 fantasy points per game. But the thing is, he only played 10 games and he started eight of those 10 games. Um, the Dolphins, they have a really solid team this year, just like last year. He has a high ceiling. He's, he's going to be starting uh, for the Dolphins for the majority of the season. So um, the, the only factor that I think would be for his inconsistency would be like injuries or something. But for the m- most part, he should be a pretty solid uh, quarterback. So I'm thinking, again, like if you're in a shallow league, it's going to be like so many good quarterbacks as well. So he might end up being a quarterback too. If you're in a deep league, you, you might be able to take him as a quarterback one. Yeah, for sure. I think I can agree with that. Uh, no one really mentioned the injury he had last year. I believe it was a hand injury that he dealt with. Um, you know, they always knocked on him for his play. Um, yeah, he definitely wasn't 100% and he was a rookie. So I think he can definitely improve from there. So um, definitely. And um, just getting to you, Terry, about the running back situation for fantasy in Miami. Uh, down in Miami, there's probably two running backs I would target. Uh, Miles Gaskin, as we all know, if the Dolphins keep him as the bell cow role like last year, you won't have to worry about this guy. He can easily be a running back too, maybe in a flex option in a shallow league. With the pass catching upside as well, uh, the questions for Gaskins is can he stay healthy and avoid the committee down in Miami? And that involves the next guy. Uh, I believe his name is Sullivan at mid, something like that. In the limited time as the running back one down in Miami, I mean, Ahmed performed well. We know that Gaskins is most likely going to be a unanimous running back one on the team, but we could see Sullivan uh, get enough touches to be a flex option on some weeks against poorer teams. Um, I believe they also have Malcolm Brown on this roster as well. If, God forbid, uh, Ahmed get injured, uh, Brown slots right into that running back two role. Uh, there's no reason why a team should spend $2 million and have this guy as the running back four on the list. So I got those two guys as fantasy relevant at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I think that was perfect analysis of the situation there. Um, I think we can expect Gaskin to sort of be the workhorse again this year, and he's just got to stay healthy to be able to do that. So I guess where would you project Gaskin? Is he around the like RB2 or maybe RB3 range for fantasy? Honestly, I would have him around like, the mid running back two range on a couple good nights or a couple of good weeks, you could easily flirt with like low running back one, maybe even high running back two, uh, especially before his injury. I mean, he was doing pretty well. No one expected him to do so great. And then he just turned a lot of eyes, but unfortunately one more year means one more year of tape for other teams to scout him out. So keep around running back two, mid to high running back two, especially. Yeah, I think that's definitely the place where he uh, slots best. And uh, uh, just moving two wide receivers for Miami, uh, Mete, I'm going to get to you. There's a lot of good options in fantasy this year for Miami wideouts. Yeah, uh, I went with the three wide receivers they have as fantasy relevant in Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddle. 
Uh, so for Devontae Parker, I believe he's a wide receiver too in uh, deep, no, sorry, shallow leagues, he'd be a wide receiver too. And then for a deep league, he's probably be a solid wide receiver one. Uh, he's a good all-around receiver. It's just since they have so many targets, like will he get the looks he's been getting before? And then Will Fuller, I feel like in deeper leagues, he's a flex option. Or sorry, I'm getting it all uh, backwards. In the shallow league, he's a probably a flex option. And then in deeper leagues, he's probably probably on your bench. Uh, I feel like he's more of a long ball threat, and he usually gets catches around like 20 plus yards, and they don't really check it down to him. And then for Jalen Waddle, the rookie out of Alabama. Uh, in shallow leagues, he's probably a flex option as well, but he's got a great upside as he was a top 10 pick, I believe. And then in deeper leagues, he could still be a flex since uh, he's a rookie and we don't really know how he'll turn out. But if you like to gamble and uh, take risks, he's probably worth a look. And then if you're in a really uh, deep league, Maybe you could look at Jakeem Grant. He's uh, the projected punt returner or kick returner. So if he gets a touchdown there, that's plus six. And then I think he's projected as a wide receiver four. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, definitely. Um, I think we can kind of understand what you were saying about shallow and deep leagues. I guess shallow leagues, you mean like around 12 team leagues and then deeper is just like more than that. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you there um, with the wideouts. And then I'll just take a look at the tight end situation for the Dolphins. I have Mike Gesicki here. I guess in my tight end rankings, he's a low-end tight end one, so maybe draft him around the 10th or 11th tight end um, heading into drafts. Uh, he should be pretty solid. Um, I know that Tua liked to target him quite a bit last season, so I think we'll see a lot of the same. Um, I guess just looking at some of the other tight ends they have, I really don't think they're going to be fantasy relevant, uh, whether it's Durham Smythe or Adam Shaheen or, or anyone else. I, I just really don't see them having any fantasy value unless Gesicki gets hurt. Um, Shaheen played very well last year while Gesicki was hurt, so definitely something you could take a look at, but uh, he's borderline undraftable at this point. So I think um, that's where it sits in terms of tight ends. Um, let's just move on to the next team, the New England Patriots, and I'll start off with uh, their quarterback situation. It's actually an interesting one here um, with both Cam Newton and Mac Jones fighting for the starting job here. Uh, we'll start with Cam Newton, who's the projected starter. Um, I guess in my eyes, he's a pretty much a QB2 in standard 12-team leagues, meaning that you draft him as your backup. Uh, he definitely has that rushing upside to get him to like a low to mid QB1, but um, that's probably him on best weeks and on worst weeks. Uh, he can flirt anywhere between a QB2 and like a, a streamer. So you definitely have to be careful with that. And then I guess if Mac Jones becomes the starter, uh, which there is a chance that happens, he's probably just a mid-round QB2. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he might be a streamer. The only upside I see for him, maybe a high QB2. Uh, he doesn't have the legs to be able to get the points. So uh, he's going to have to throw for a lot of yards just to get into that range. So uh, I think that Cam Newton has a bit more upside, but I guess Mac Jones might 
he might be a little bit safer in the sense that they'll dial it back for him. Uh, he won't have like the boom bust weeks that Cam Newton has. So I guess just keep an eye on that when you're drafting quarterbacks from the Patriots, if any. And then um, in terms of Patriots running backs, uh, let me just get to you, Nate, on that. What do you see for that situation? Um, so for the Patriots uh, running backs, um, I have Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, and James White. Um, overall, Patriots are pretty good um, for running backs if you ever need them. Um, I think Damian Harris, um, I have him as, as like an RB3. Or maybe an RB4 depends on how you see his um, potential. I feel like there's going to be a chance that he's going to be available on the wire in shallow leagues for maybe the early half of the season. He might end up um, popping off, and then at that point, people are going to be going to um, pick him up. So um, during the early half of the season, you're gonna, you're again going to want to check the waiver to see if he's available. Um, if you like. Um, running four running backs and then with one running back in the flex um, he can be a flex option option for you there um, he has some uh, potential but I'm just not sure about his ceiling um, his ceiling he could potentially be an RB2 but I just put him as an RB3 just because I'm not too sure personally he's going to be starting for the Patriots so he should have um, decent uh, production um, if he's fully healthy, he should be able to play more than 15 games. But last season, we only, he only played 10, so we'll have to wait and see about him. And then for uh, Sony Michel, um, he had eight fantasy points per game, but he only played eight games because he was injured. He's going to be um, the RB2 in New England, I believe. Um, he's... The only, I think something that's kind of concerning about Sony Michel is he's only played over 15 games once. He hasn't had a long a long career, but that's something to kind of um, think about if um, you see um, Sony Michel. Um, his highest fantasy points per game was 10.4 in 2018. It's going to be um, pretty tough for him to kind of um, surpass that on the bench, but is possible especially if he's fully healthy um if he gets injured again it's going to be a lot harder so um he, i think he's gonna be more of i guess a waiver wire um running back he's probably gonna have some weeks where he pops off so um if you like his potential like you've seen his uh, game on the film and you really like it um just uh check on the waiver to see if he's available and then pick him up at the right week and um, for James White, I think he's the RB3 in New England. Um, it might be kind of tough to get uh, minutes on the field for him, but um, there are certain um, downs where they bring him out. So um, he does have that going for them, but it's going to affect his production a little bit. I think his highest fantasy points per game was 14.6 in 2018. I think as an RB3 in New England, that's going to be pretty tough to for him to do again. So um, he's going to be in a similar situation as Sony Michel. Um, you're going to want to, um, I guess, check the waivers, see if he's available. Um, if either Damian Harris or Sony Michel get injured, um, he's probably going to have a really good week. So um, definitely um, take a look at the wire, uh, waiver wire every week, see if he's available. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think you're right about Damian Harris being the lead back there. Uh, we know Bill Belichick, he's always rotating running backs around. So I guess we never really know who's going to pop off which week. So um, James White might actually turn out to be an interesting option since he's catching a lot of passes also. So definitely something to look out for. And uh, just getting to Patriots wide receivers, Terry, I'm going to get to you on that. Give us your analysis. Uh, with my analysis on these wide receivers, I mean, uh, you can fact check me for most of this, but I feel like New England is more of a tight end type of city. I mean, we've seen it with Aaron Hernandez, uh, Rob Kunkowski. And I feel like <clears throat> with these wide receivers, it's going to depend a lot on who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, let me just first off by saying Nelson Aguilar. I mean, um, he could easily be maybe a whiteout too, depending on the quarterback situation. But realistically, I see him as a wide receiver three range, maybe even flex options. Uh, he bounced back with that one year in Vegas, and he got a hefty contract for the result of that. With Kendrick Bourne, he was the second guy New England brought in. So having said that, I feel like uh, uh, he's going to probably be a flex option at the moment, especially with all the interesting talent here. And with Jacoby Myers, he could easily fill the void. Julian Endeman left that slot, so I feel like he could easily fit there in the offense and be looked upon when needed. With the additions in Nelson Aguilar and uh, Kendrick Bourne. This offseason, it may affect his production. But just remember, it's going to take a while for these guys to get accustomed to Belichick's offense. And having said that, uh, how should I put it? Jacoby Myers might be uh, the lead wide receiver in the first couple of weeks. And who knows for the rest of these guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess I just have a question for you in terms of Nikhil Harry. I guess he's off your radar pretty much because he did have a disappointing season last year. At the moment, I do have him off my radar. But I mean, this is the New England Patriots. These guys are considered the system in the NFL. So having said that, one week, Harry could be going for over 100 yards. Next week, he may be a bust. So just keep off the radar for this guy at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I think we can agree that uh, I guess we don't know which receiver will be the lead receiver. We just got to sort of draft them low and then I guess just keep an eye. Yeah. And um, just getting to the Patriots tight ends, um, Mete, I'll get to you on that. Uh, who do you like here for fantasy? All right. So I like both Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith for the Patriots. Uh, I believe in shallow or deep leagues, uh, they should be pretty safe. Uh, tight end one options, honestly. Uh, I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. Like Terry was saying, I believe they like to uh, use the tight end more than uh, certain teams. And then I think they can both have breakout years because they're both so young. And then I also think that due to the fact that the Patriots are lacking star wide receivers, uh, that would that will lead to more targets for them. So I feel like these two are in for great years. Yeah, for sure. I think we can kind of look at that situation similar to the Philadelphia Eagles from a couple of years ago, both running Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, both of them being fantasy relevant uh, tight end ones. I think it is possible that that happens. Obviously, like Terry said, the quarterback situation will definitely dictate uh, what happens. So I guess we just need to... Um, uh, I guess just keep an eye on what's going on there. And, and I guess be careful uh, who we draft from this team. 
And uh, we'll get to our last team for fantasy, the New York Jets. And we'll just look at uh, who's fantasy relevant. Um, Terry, I'll start with you and their quarterback situation there. Zach Wilson, BYU's product, had a tremendous year for the Cougars back in 2020. Uh, I believe 36,000 passing yards, give or take 33 touchdowns, maybe around two or three interceptions. Uh, he goes into this upcoming season as the clear-cut quarterback one for the Jets, unless guys like Morgan James or Mike White prove otherwise down in East Rutherford. Having said that, fantasy-wise, I could easily see Zach Wilson being that borderline quarterback too, maybe even waiver wire pickup, depending on the week-to-week basis. Yeah, I think uh, to start the season, we just view him as like a streamer status. We've, we haven't seen him. Plus the the Jets, we don't know how good they're going to be offensively. And um, I'll, I'll just get to you, uh, Mete, on the running back situation in fantasy for the Jets. All right. So their running back situation is kind of tough, I believe. Uh, I'm, I looked at their two main running backs, I think, heading into this season. Uh, first off was LaMichael Perrine. I believe he's headed into his sophomore season. He didn't start a single game last year, and he wasn't too great. He only averaged 3.6 yards per carry, but at least he's young, and he's a projected starting running back, so there's that. And then, honestly, I believe uh, he shouldn't be drafted unless it's a deeper league and it's, like, late in the draft and you're – you need a running back, so you just take a chance on him. And I also think that due to them being uh, pretty bad this season, I don't think they're going to be able to run too much. Uh, when they're trailing, teams usually just throw, so that's probably going to uh, work against his favor. And then the second running back I looked at was Michael Carter, the rookie out of North Carolina. He actually had really great uh, stats. He averaged eight yards per carry in college. Uh, Last season, he ran for 1,245 rushing yards, and he caught – his yards per catch was 11 yards, so that's pretty good as well. And then I believe he has a higher ceiling than LaMichael Perrine uh, just due to the fact that he's a rookie. And then I feel like I would – honestly draft Michael Carter over Perrine um, due to the fact that honestly if you're drafting a Jets quarterback you're pretty I mean Jets running back sorry you're pretty desperate at that point so why not take the chance on the rookie and I think in a deep league he's probably a flex option at best same for Perrine. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely get behind that analysis. I think taking a sleeper option um, is a lot better uh, in Michael Carter. Um, do you see Tevin Coleman doing anything for this team? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. Um, due to them being so, well, we're projecting them to be bad. So I feel like they're going to play more of their younger guys. And I don't think Coleman will have much of a role. Yeah, I think that his time is pretty much gone in the NFL. He's been pretty banged up last few seasons. It's going to be tough. Um, I'll just get to the Jets wide receivers uh, for fantasy. Uh, This is uh, 
pretty much as muddy as the running back situation is there as well. There are so many wide receivers here on this team. I'll start with the main guy they signed this offseason, and that's Corey Davis coming off of a breakout season with Tennessee. Um, I just see him slotting in as like a wide receiver three or four flex option for fantasy. I think he'll definitely be the most targeted by Zach Wilson. Um, you know, he, he definitely, um, he has the most talent right now. Um, he's pretty much a proven receiver as well. So I think he's definitely someone that should be drafted. Um, looking at Jamison Crowder, I know he was really solid last year, but his chemistry was with Sam Darnold. Uh, there's a new coaching staff, a new system coming in. I think he could actually be forced out of this lineup. Um, I guess maybe cut after training camp. That's also possible. And I guess I'll explain why. Um, as I get to the other receivers. Um, but yeah, if he does stay, I'd say he's he should be drafted, but maybe he'll be like a low-end wide receiver five type bench receiver. Um, I'll, I'll go to Denzel Mims. He was a rookie last year. He's pretty decent. He had some uh, breakout weeks. Um, he has a lot of upside in the sense that uh, he's young. And um, if he can get on the same page uh, with Zach Wilson, he definitely is around a wide receiver five, six, but he definitely has upside. He can definitely be used on a week to week basis if he breaks out. And then they just drafted Elijah Moore uh, in the second round. Um, I believe that he is going to be uh, taking the starting role in the slot away from Jamison Crowder. And I think that's the reason that they could cut Crowder before the start of the season, Elijah Moore, uh, he has a lot of talent. Uh, he's really solid. And if he does get that starting role in the slot, I think he can sort of be that cushion for uh, Zach Wilson. Um, he might get peppered with a lot of targets. So if it's half PPR, PPR, he might be worth, you know, a, a late pick, you know, just, just throw a dart at him and see, you know, if it hits and uh, yeah, he could turn out to be a wide receiver five or better in, in my opinion for fantasy. So um, yeah, it's a crowded um, wide receiver room, but definitely you can definitely find some value there. Um, and then, uh, just getting to the tight end situation, Nate, I'll get to you for the jets. So the tight end situation for the jets is pretty similar to both wide receiver and running back and, um, tight ends have the additional problem of not getting enough targets. And Chris Herndon is no exception to that. Um, just looking at some of the game logs here, he's, I don't, he's, I think the most targets he had for last season was nine. And he's had some weeks where he had no targets at all. Um, and I think he averaged about five fantasy points per game, which is not a um, very good indicator if you're looking for a tight end. Um, I think generally you'd want to stay away from tight ends on the Jets, even with Zach Wilson coming to um, uh, the New York Jets you might be able to see him as kind of like, Oh, a waiver wire pickup. There's going to be weeks where he pops off. Um, he had over 10 fantasy points per game, I think maybe uh, two times last season. So it's going to be like um, really specific matchups where for whatever reason, they decide to target him more. Um, Chris Herndon, he has a lot of potential. He can catch. The problem is he just doesn't get enough targets. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that analysis. Um, a lot of the Jets situations are pretty much stay away. Uh, the exception would be, would be wide receiver uh, since Corey Davis got there. I think he's definitely someone to look at uh, in terms of a good option for fantasy. But um, yeah, that's sort of our fantasy outlook for the AFC East. 
All right, let's get to the fantasy preview now. Uh, actually, not the fantasy preview. Let's get to the overall preview for this division. Um, I guess the main categories we'll look at for each team, and we'll sort of rank them, is uh, quarterback, skill positions, offensive line, front seven, secondary, special teams, and coaching. We'll rank from one to four from each team, and I guess we'll uh, use that to get a feel of which teams are a little bit stronger uh, heading into the season. So, um Let's just take a look at quarterback first. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Nate. Um, what order do you have the quarterback situations in this division? Um, for quarterbacks, I put um, Bills first, Dolphins second, Patriots third, and Jets fourth. Um, the Bills, uh, they almost made it to the Super Bowl. They just um, they lost to Kansas City, but... Um, they're still a really good, um, deep playoff run type team, especially with Josh Allen. Um, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I guess you got to put the bills at first because of that. Um, the dolphins are seconds. Uh, they had a pretty, um, solid season last year with, um, I guess they had, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua, but I believe, uh, Tua, he's going to be um, really good this season. And the Dolphins are a solid team in general, so that always helps quarterbacks. So put the Dolphins in number two. And then for the Patriots, they do have uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton. I'm just not sure if um, they'll be able to have a, as good a record as the Dolphins um, with Tua this season. And for the Jets, um, Zach Wilson, he's the number two pick, I believe. Um, even considering that, it's going to be really hard to to see um, the Jets doing anything, even with a player as good as Zach Wilson, potentially. So I guess um, let's put him at fourth. Yeah, for sure. Um, then, Mati, I'll get to you. Um, I guess what do you, where do you see the quarterbacks ranking out in this division? All right. So this was one of the easier rankings that I had to do for this uh episode um for one i have the bills like nate said uh the bills had a great year and Allen was a uh he had an mvp caliber season so he's got to be number one and then number two i have the patriots actually with cam newton and mac jones i just like their upside better than to us uh i believe cam will have a rebound year and then for number two, I have the Dolphins quarterback situation and Tua and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Tua is, he's not too bad, but I don't know. I feel like he's got a lot of areas to improve in. Like, also, I saw this report saying he threw five interceptions in the first day of camp, so that's not good. And then for the fourth uh, ranking, I have the Jets with Zach Wilson and James Morgan. Uh they're just, uh, I saw this post saying, I think they have zero throws, like all the Jets quarterbacks in the NFL. So they're very inexperienced and you don't know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something that I can get behind. And um, Terry, I'll get to you next on, I guess, where you see the quarterbacks in this division. Number one, unanimously, I think we can all agree, Josh Allen. Second, I got uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, 
one more year from his rookie year, he said how he is more confident with the team around him, even though he had five interceptions or INTs or whatever you want to call them in training camp. I mean, it's just first day. You can't really make evaluations on one day of uh, film. Third, I got the Patriots with Cam Newton. And fourth, I got Zach Wilson. But if Mac Jones does start, I have Patriots at fourth and then Zach Wilson at third. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with your point on Tua there. Well, uh, just looking at my rankings, uh, I have the Bills at number one, Josh Allen. uh, Nothing much else to say about that. Uh, Number two, I have Tua. Um, I know you talked about the five interceptions, but I mean, when you're throwing against Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, I mean, you're bound to throw some interceptions. He probably just had a bad day. Uh, I can't put too much stock into that. I have them above the Patriots who I have at number three just because we don't know who the starter is going to be. Um, I might have the Patriots at two, maybe if we know who the starter is, but I'll put them at three right now. And then number four, I have Zach Wilson. I think like one of you said, there's no NFL throws yet for anyone uh, at quarterback on this team. Very inexperienced. I'm not knocking Zach Wilson. He just needs to gain the experience first before I have any faith in him. All right, let's get into the skill position rankings for each team. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. I guess, where do you see each team ranking in skill positions? All right, so for the skills position, I looked at all the the three positions specifically. So for the running back situation, I like the Patriots at one, Bills at two, uh, Dolphins at three, and then Jets at four. Um, the Patriots are very deep at running back. They got Damian Harris. Uh, they drafted rookie Ramondre Stevenson, uh, James White, their pass catching running back and then Sony Michelle who's also a solid running back so I think they're number one for sure and then second I have the Bills running back committee uh Devin Singletary the shifty back and then Zach Moss more of their power back and then Matt Breida also is a fast running back so they're my number two and then number three I had the Dolphins so we've got Miles Gaskin we talked about uh, Malcolm Brown, who they picked up from the Rams. He's a power back, I believe. And then we drafted rookie Jared Dokes. And then the fourth running back committee I have is the New York Jets. They got LaMichael Perrine, uh, Tavon Coleman, and Michael Carter, who we all talked about. So that's my running backs rankings. And then for wide receivers, I went with the Bills at one. Uh, I think this is pretty unanimous. They got Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, uh, Gabriel Davis, and Emmanuel Sanders. Sorry, So they're pretty stacked with the wide receiver. Uh, Number two was the Dolphins. Jalen Waddell, the rookie, uh, Fuller, Will Fuller, and then Devontae Parker. They're pretty stacked as well. And then for number three, uh, I went with the Jets, actually. I kind of like their running backs over the Patriots and uh, Crowder, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis, and then the rookie Elijah Moore. And then Patriots were fourth for me with Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil Harry. Uh, they're like okay wide receivers, but I feel like they don't have a clear cut number one wide receiver. And then for tight ends, I went with the Patriots at one with uh, Hunter Henry and John Smith. And then number two, I have the Dolphins and Mike Isicki and uh, Hunter Long, the rookie, 
number three, I had the Bills and Dawson Knox and Jacob Hollister, and they also picked up a rookie in Quentin Morris. Honestly, in a better division, they're probably fourth because their tight ends aren't the greatest. But since the Jets are there, they're number four with Christopher Herndon, and they picked up a rookie in Kenny Yaboa. So maybe he'll uh, improve their tight end position. And if I would have to rank them in general, just skill position, I'd probably go Bills number one, uh, probably Dolphins number two. They've got solid all around uh, skills position and then Patriots third, uh, Jets fourth. Yeah, definitely a good outlook of all the skill positions there. Um, I guess, Terry, just getting to you, uh, I guess, who do you like in uh, the skill position rankings there? Skill position ranking, I believe I had uh, Buffalo Bills. Easily, I can say Stephon Diggs is a game changer when it comes to a wide receiver. Uh, as Mente said, Zach Moss, power back, uh, Matt Burita, power, uh, speed. And then I believe Singletary, another speed option in the backfield. Dawson Knox is a big body receiver when it comes to the uh, red zone, but unfortunately in the open field, he doesn't really get that many looks. Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, don't really got to say that much for them. Uh, great supporting cast outside of Stephon Diggs. Dolphins I had next. Uh, the names don't really pop out on paper, but these guys, I mean, there ain't no slouches. Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle in the first round. And then you got uh, Mike Gusecki at tight end. And let's not forget, I believe, Gas Miles Gaskins as well. After that, uh, unfortunately, I have to put the Patriots here. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I can go through the rest of the names, but that's just going to tie my tongue up. And then Jets, I got at fourth. Yeah, um, definitely uh, something to look at. Um, I guess who I had for skill positions, uh, I had Dolphins at number one. I feel like they're good at all of the skill positions, if that makes sense. Um, Gaskin's a pretty solid running back. You got Gasicki at tight end. You got three solid wideouts in Waddle and uh, Parker and Fuller. So I feel like they're the best all around. I had to put them at number one. Um, at number two, I put the New England Patriots. Uh, their weakest point is wide receiver. Um, but they're the strongest at tight end, the strongest at running back. So um, I feel like the tight ends can't cover for a lot of the deficiencies of the wide receivers. So I think overall they have uh, a solid um, room for skill positions. I have the Bills at three. They're really solid for wide receiver, uh, but for running back and tight end, there's a lot of deficiency there. Um, they really, they really need their running backs to step up. Josh Allen right now is the number one running back, and that's a problem because if a team shuts him down, then they don't have a run game. So um yeah definitely I have the Bills at three there and then I have the Jets at four just because outside of Corey Davis everyone else on that team is pretty much unproven and um for Jamison Crowder we don't know where he's going to be uh this coming season so I definitely have a lot of questions for the Jets so I put them at number four um Nate I'll get to you now on your skill positions so for skill positions I looked mostly at um rec totals and rush totals um I put Bills at number one just because I guess they were um, the best at rec totals and um, they went really far in the playoffs just with having um, good, uh, I guess, good reception ability. So I put them at number one. Uh, Dolphins, they're number two. They're the, they're the most um, all-around skill position team, as you said. 
Um, Patriots, I put them at three. They have the best rush totals out of all the teams, but they're third in um, rec totals. And um, the Jets, I put fourth. I think they're the weakest out of the four teams in both um, receptions and rushing. Yeah, I think we can all say that the Jets are fourth on all of our lists there. Um, They just really, uh, they're pretty much unproven. Um, We we can't really say a lot about them right now. Um, And then moving to the offensive line, um, Terry, this time I will start with you. Um, I guess just which teams do you see are stronger for their offensive line? Uh, Working in the trenches, I believe I put the Bills at number one. Last year, only 27 sacks allowed for their franchise QB. Second, I put the Patriots just because of what they did to bolster their offensive line this offseason. I believe last year they only allowed 37. Dolphins, uh, they get a year wiser, but I had to put them at three just because they didn't do a lot in free agency like the Patriots did. 34 sacks allowed, give or take. And then I think we can all agree on before everyone starts saying their offensive lines is Jets are at four. Um, I believe they probably allowed, how much was it? At least 40 sacks, probably 44 around that range uh, when it comes to the offensive line. Hopefully they get better than 44 sacks allowed. And this year they shall prove. Yeah, um, I think it's really tough for me to have the Jets um, any higher than four here. Um, I can definitely agree with you that I do like um, – them drafting Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, they drafted Mackay Becton last year, two solid guys on the left side. But outside of that, their entire center and right side is very questionable, in my opinion. So I do have the Jets at four. At number one, I have New England. Like you guys said, um, they bolstered up their offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, uh, Michael Owenu, uh, he was a solid rookie last year. David Andrews, obviously one of the veterans on that team. Shaq Mason, and then they acquired Trent Brown, who's a really solid um, tackle from the Raiders. So I think they definitely have the ability and the upside to be the number one line in this division. Um, At number two, I had Buffalo. They were really solid. They provided a lot of running lanes for Josh Allen. Um, I think Buffalo should have leaned on the run a little bit more with a a good line that they have here. Feliciano, Dawkins, um, Daryl Williams, and others on this line are really solid overall. Um, So I have the Bills at number two, and then I have the Dolphins at number three because, uh, like someone mentioned, there are a lot of questions about this line. Um, You know, uh, they definitely could have added uh, some pieces there uh, in the offseason. They chose not to. They are a little bit better than the Jets, though, Uh, so I will have them ranked at number three. So uh, that's my offensive line, and I guess, Nate, I'll just get to you for uh, your ranking. Um, For offensive line, I mostly looked at – sacks um, as well I guess the O-line with the least sacks is the best O-line I didn't really take account into the drafts Um, Patriots would jump up a couple of spots if I did Um, especially with Christian Barmore on that team so I put um, the Bills first they had the least amount of um, sacks put the uh, Dolphins second Patriots third and the Jets fourth all right, and uh, Mete, just getting to you for where you see each team's offensive line. All right, so offensive line, as we know, is not very uh, much a flashy position in football, so I had to go with Patriots here because I believe they excel in positions like this where um, it's not the flashiest, but 
their codes so well that they actually do great jobs uh, in these uh, not flashy positions. So they have they had one of the best offensive lines in the league and uh, last season, and they're bringing back Trent Brown, so that's a huge uh, win for them. And then for number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they were great against uh, the pass rush. Um, I just wasn't too impressed with their run blocking, so that's why I didn't have them at number one. And then for number three, I actually have the Jets. Uh, I know you guys are kind of low on them, but like you were talking, they picked up Beckton last season, and then this season they spent a first-round pick on Elijah Vera Tucker, who was one of the best-ranked offensive line prospects. So I feel like they could be the third-best offensive line in this division. And then number four was the Dolphins. Uh, they were ranked really low last season, um, and they had a really young O-line, so it – was uh, trouble for their quarterback and their running back situation. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely an area where the Jets can definitely improve and they can uh, outperform a team like the Dolphins. Um, uh, just getting to the front seven for each team, um, I'm going to start here, I guess, by saying that uh, last season, the Patriots had the worst front seven, in my opinion, the amount of rushing yards they allowed. Uh, they they were banged up. They had players that opted out. But in this offseason, they really went and spent money, brought in a guy like Matthew Judon. Uh, Lawrence Guy came back. Um, they got uh, Devon Godshaw from uh, Miami. Um, Kyle Van Noy came back from Miami. Uh, Dante Hightower's back. Um, they got guys like Dietrich Wise, uh, Chase Winovich. Like they're so deep uh, on their um, defensive front seven. Um, and I think Nate was mentioning uh, they drafted Christian Barmore. So that's definitely another guy um, that I like. So, um, yeah, this defensive front seven, in my opinion, is the best in the division. Um, at number two, I have the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're, of course, really solid. Uh, Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Mario Addison, Matt Milano, uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Like those are just some of the names that they have. Really solid um, guys, a decent pass rush good run defense, um, great tackling, um, just overall really solid. Um, for number three, um, I actually have the the New York Jets here at number three. They actually have some solid pieces there that I liked. CJ Mosley coming back from his opt-out, definitely a really good linebacker. Um, they got Quinn and Williams there, Sheldon Rankins, they're, uh, Carl Lawson. Like they're, they're pretty solid overall. Um, they also spent a lot of draft capital on their front seven in this past season's draft. So, um, yeah, definitely like the Jets at number three. And then I have the Dolphins at four. They're pretty decent. Uh, guys like um, Christian Wilkins, um, Emmanuel Ogba and others, uh, Jerome Baker. Um, they drafted Jalen Phillips. He's going to be really solid as well. Um, I think that this line has... Uh, this front seven, sorry, has room to improve, but I don't feel like they're at that level yet. So I have the Dolphins at four. And I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on your front sevens. So for front sevens, um, I was actually surprised when I was looking at some of the stats. Um, I looked at, I guess, opposing um, rush yards, opposing rush touchdowns, uh, sacks, tackles, um, I guess fumbles for both um, rushing and passing. Um, the Jets, they they were um the best on a lot of these um so i put them at one 
um, Dolphins, they were um, either second or third for a lot of those two. So put them at second. Um, Bills, they were also kind of in, in the middle, but they had the most uh, combined tackles. So I put them at third. Um, Patriots, they didn't have a good season at front seven. Um, I think they were second in combined tackles in the division. But for the most part, um, they did have, I think there were seconds, um, they were tied with the Dolphins for um, opposing um, rushing touchdowns. I think um, they both only had 17, which is pretty good. But for the most part, they didn't have a great season in the front seven. So I put them at fourth. All right. Yeah, I, I know they had probably one of the worst seasons uh, when it comes to uh, rushing yards allowed. Um, yeah, they they were definitely fourth um, in this division heading into the off offseason. Um, and then, uh, Mete, I'll just get to you, um, I guess, uh, on your rankings for front seven. All right. So I got the Bills at one. Um, you guys pretty much covered all the names. Uh, they've got a great line uh even better linebackers uh the only concern i have about them is their uh pressure against the past like they didn't get too many sacks and hopefully their first round pick gregory russo helps out with that and then for number two like nate i was actually very surprised of uh with how the jets performed uh their d-line is actually very underrated i believe like you said, Quinn and Williams, Folorunso uh, Fatukasi, I hope I said that right, and John Franklin Myers. Those three finished uh, among the top 35 interior defenders in NFL for overall grade last season. So they actually have a solid interior defense for their line. And then they picked up Vinnie Curry and Carl Lawson for their edge positions. So hopefully those two will generate some uh, pressure against the pass. And then they also have one of the best linebackers, like you said, in CJ Mosley. And then number three are the Patriots. Uh, like you were talking about last season, they didn't have a great year. So I'm kind of concerned about them. But like I was talking about with the offensive line, this is not one of the flashy positions in uh, defensive line. So this is like an area they excel in, I believe. Uh, they don't have the most talent, which is why I also have them at number three, but they're coached really well. So they could honestly be higher than this. Uh, you guys talked about the names. They got uh, decent talent, but not the most. Um, and then number four is the Miami Dolphins. Um, their defense... Uh, front seven is really lacking, so uh, they didn't generate much pressure against the pass, which is a reoccurring theme, I feel like, in this division. Like, they have solid defensive linemen, but the edge rushers aren't the best, so they're good against the run, but against the pass, I feel like they could uh, get more sacks. Yeah, for sure. And then just getting to you, Terry, and I guess where you see the front seven in this division. Uh, front sevens in rankings, I believe I had Bills. I struggled Patriots some love for once. I got them at second. Jets in third, Dolphins at fourth. Uh, Bills, you guys already mentioned all the names. They added more young depth, I believe, in this past draft. So I got them at first. Patriots, excellent offseason, had them at second. 
I believe Jets, I mean, everyone mentioned the names already, plus the additions in the offseason, Carl Lawson, Vinny Curry. And fourth, Dolphins, it's understandable. I believe they have uh, two interesting game breakers there. What's their names? Emmanuel Ogobe, and then they got rookie Jim Phillips in the trenches as well. So hopefully they improve uh, from this offseason. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think the front sevens are getting better for each one of the teams in this division. And I guess um, getting to secondaries, uh, Nate, I guess I'll start with you. Uh, I think this was a tough decision for most of us in deciding which secondaries were better, but I'll start with you. So for um, secondary, the stats I looked at were, I think, opposing. Well, I didn't really look at opposing QB completion too much, but I looked mostly at... um, I guess interceptions. So, um, and if you got a touchdown off an interception, or if you got an interception in general, so just based off that, um, I guess uh, Patriots would be um, first. Um, they had the most interceptions in the division. Um, they were tied with uh, the Dolphins for that, and they were tied with the Jets for second in terms of um, in interception touchdowns so i put them at first Uh, i think they're really good um in terms of um getting like picks and stuff uh bills um seconds they're also um really good uh, in terms of interceptions they don't get too many interceptions but they can do a lot with it i think they were they had the most um touchdowns based off an interception last season um, Dolphins, I put um, third. They're kind of in the middle. And then for the Jets, I put them at last. Yeah, I think ranking the top three will all be, um, I guess we might all have different orders. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll just get to you. And who did you see as the, in terms of ranking the secondary? Like you said, this was very tough to rank, but off of my um, knowledge, I guess, I went with the Bills at one. Uh, they got great corners in Lee Wallace and then Tredavious White. Uh, also a great safety combo in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. So due to that fact, I went with them at number one. Um, number two is the Patriots. Uh, this isn't like uh, a knock against them or anything. They're amazing secondary as well. But I think there's just a bit below the Bills due to the fact that you're missing a second safety, I believe. Uh, Devin McCourty is one of their safeties. And then the other one I wasn't so sure about. Uh, They got guys like Stephon Gilmore, uh, JC Jackson. So they have great corners. And then number three are the Dolphins. They're also a great secondary. They're just playing in such a stacked division uh, secondary-wise that they have to be number three for me. They got Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, great cornerback combo. I'm just not too sure about their second safety, like the Patriots. They picked up Javon Holland, I believe, to play the free safety position for them. And then at number four was the Jets. This was a pretty easy pick for me. Um, Their secondary is probably one of the worst in the league. And then their lone bright spot, I believe, is Marcus May. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that um, that's definitely uh, something that the Jets need to improve on for next year. Uh, uh, Terry, let me just get to you now on secondaries. Secondaries, I believe I have 
Buffalo. And as you guys said, and, um, between the Patriots and the Dolphins, it's kind of tough. So uh, I put the Dolphins at second, third. I put the Patriots, and then I think we can all agree on Jets for fourth. Uh, Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Levi Wallace, excellent secondary for the Bills. With the Miami Dolphins, uh, you got Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Eric Rowe, I believe, came in the offseason. And then they drafted Javon Holland, where you can basically play anywhere in the secondary. So it's basically up to Flores for that. Uh, I believe for New England, I mean, everyone's coming back from their opt-outs. Stephon Gilmore, Cordy, um, not a thousand percent sure, J.C. Jackson, something like that, and then Adrian Phillips. And then Jets are the Jets. Yeah, I think the Jets are the Jets. I also have the Jets at number four. Uh, yeah, uh, they really had a rough season. Um, the teams just poured on the offense on the secondary. Um, like you said, Marcus May, the lone bright spot, uh, Mete. But other than that, they just had a really hard time stopping the pass. Uh, for number one, I did have New England here. Obviously, um, them having um, Devin McCourty. Someone mentioned Adrian Phillips at safety. He really played well last year since coming from the Chargers. Um, at corner, they're really stacked Stefan Gilmore, Jonathan Jones, JC Jackson, Jalen Mills. Um, uh, you know, um, even if Gilmore does leave, um, I don't think there's any issues with the secondary. Um, they definitely have more depth than a lot of the other teams in this division. Um, at number two, I had the Miami Dolphins. Uh, obviously, uh, you guys mentioned Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. Um, I know Justin Coleman plays out at the slot. He was pretty good last year. Uh, they drafted Javon Holland. They had air, they added Eric Rowe last year from the Patriots. Um, they even added Jason McCourty this offseason from the Patriots as well. So, I mean, they definitely have a lot of good uh, depth there at secondary. And then I had the Buffalo Bills at number three, obviously Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Levi Wallace. I know you guys went through these names. Um, they definitely have a great uh, starting um, four there. I think they definitely need to improve their depth a little bit, uh, losing uh, some of the other guys in the offseason. Um, so I think I ha I'll have the Bills at three, and then obviously the Jets I'll have at number four. Um, just getting to special teams, um, I'll start here actually and say, um, I know this might sound redundant, um, but I do have the Patriots at number one. Um, th they always have pro bowlers on their special teams. I think we can all agree with that. Um, punt returning and kick returning, Gunnar Osheski, I mean, the amount of touchdowns he had off of that, uh, really solid. Obviously, Jake Bailey, I believe he was a pro bowler um, one of the past three years. Um, I guess their only weakness might be Nick Folk and I guess his age and so on. But uh, he was making consistent kicks last season. And then obviously Matthew Slater, uh, pro bowl special teamer every year. I had to rank this team at number one. Um, at number two, I had the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this was really hard to rank between them and the Bills. I just gave the edge to the Dolphins a little bit. Obviously, Jason Sanders was a Pro Bowl uh, kicker. Um, Michael uh, Pilardi was their punter. Jakeem Grant, I think, Meta, you mentioned him as a good kick and punt returner. He's one of the best in the league. So I definitely gave the edge to Miami at number two. Uh, number three, I had Buffalo. Obviously, Tyler Bass, one of the best kickers. Uh, last season, I believe he was a rookie, uh, so he played really well. Isaiah McKenzie, great punt returner. Um, and then um, for their punter, they have Matt Hack. Um, 
they got him uh, from Miami. So uh, definitely um, their special teams is pretty solid. And then just getting to the Jets, I have them at last. Uh, there's pretty much not a lot to say here. Um, Braxton Berrios is probably their bright spot there. He's a pretty decent punt returner. Other than that, uh, they just don't have a lot of um, guys that can really make plays on the special team. So I have them at number four. And I guess I'll just get to you, Nate, on uh, I guess who you um, think for special teams. So for special teams, I mainly just looked at, I guess, um, field goals made. So I think the Dolphins were number one based on that. Um, Bills were number two. Patriots were third. And unfortunately, the, the Jets are the weakest in this as well. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, just getting to you, Matt, I guess, who do you like for special teams? All right, so special teams, another non-flashy position and who else but New England would uh, be number one here? Like I've been saying, they excel at these non-flashy positions because they're so well coached. Uh, you mentioned pretty much all the names. They're so solid all around. A great special teams unit. And they're always probably like top three uh, every year in special teams, I feel like. Uh, number two, like you said, Miami Dolphins. It was really rough, uh, tough, sorry. I guess rough one suit. Uh, between them and Buffalo, but I did go with the Dolphins as well. Uh, Jason Sanders is a great kicker. Uh, I'm really high on Jakeem Grant, and they were ranked number seven last year in special teams. And then number three, I went with the Bills. Uh, like you said, Tyler Bass was great. Uh, I really like their returner and Isaiah McKenzie, and I'm just a little bit concerned about their punting situation. Last season, I believe they had the best punter in Corey Bohorquez, but they let him go. Uh, he led the league in pin punts, punts, which is uh, pinning your team in the 20 or worse, so like around the 10-yard line or whatever. So I'm not sure why they let him go. Uh, and then for the four special teams unit, I have the Jets. Uh, like you were saying, I feel like Braxton Berrios is the lone right spot in this special teams unit. Yeah, for sure. And I guess getting to you, Terry, uh, which teams do you think rank better in special teams? Early, I didn't invest that much time studying the punters and whatnot, and that's on me. Uh, first, I had, surprisingly, uh, Miami Dolphins, Jason Sanders. He's a great kicker. After that, I had Buffalo Bills, Tyler Bass. Uh, and then I believe... New England third, of course. Uh, Nick Folk and then Gunnar Olszewski, as you guys said. And then fourth, I had the Jets. And we all know Berrios is the lone bright spot, as you guys said. And the Jets are the Jets, as we can say. I think that's a pretty constant theme that we have going on here. And then I guess just getting to coaching, um, I'll just start by saying uh, Bill Belichick at number one six rings is nothing to sneeze at um number two sean mcdermott he was a coach of the year candidate last season uh, for buffalo uh, number three i have brian flores uh for the miami dolphins uh i mean he was just really instrumental in turning this team around and then i guess number four i have uh, robert sala just because we haven't seen anything from him at the head coaching level in the nfl so i think that's my one to four and i'll get to you terry on your coaching one to four, I can't disagree with you. Uh, Bill Belichick at number one, 
Sean McDermott, number two. Number three, Brian Flores. If he can, keeps it up, he can probably surpass uh, Sean eventually. Then fourth, I got whoever's on the Jets. Jeez, the disrespect. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mete, just getting to, just getting to, uh, it's okay. Uh, just, Mete, just getting to you. Uh, who do you uh, see for coaching? All right. So uh, I've been preaching uh, how well the Patriots are coached. So obviously, I got Belichick at number one. And what's pretty cool is I think uh, he has his son as the defensive coordinator. I forget his first name, but I found that kind of cool. And then uh, Steve number Belichick, two is, yeah. yeah, that was pretty yeah. awesome. And then number two was uh, the Buffalo Bills for me. Sean McDermott, like you said, was coach of the year candidate. And then number three, Brian Flores. Uh, I believe he's a good coach. It's just the two ahead of him are just uh, better than him. And then number four is Robert Sala or Sala, however you say it. Um, I, it's kind of tough since it's his first year as the head coach, so we don't know how he'll be. Yeah, for sure. And then Nate, just getting to you about who you rank for the coaches. So for the Patriots, um, I put them at one. I think they have, um, they've had historically good, good coaching, um, arguably, arguably the best system in league history. Um, the Bills, they had a really good season last year, so I put them at two. Uh, the Dolphins, they're, they had a pretty solid season as well, and they're a pretty solid team, so I put them at number three. Um, the Jets, um, they've had it rough for multiple seasons. Um, they've always been trying to rebuild, so put them at number four. All right, let's just add up our totals so we can see where each team's at. Um, I'll definitely start by saying that I think as a Patriots fan, I had the Patriots a little high in this whole thing. I... I had the Patriots at number one overall. I had Buffalo at number two. I had the Dolphins at number three. And to no one's surprise, I had the Jets at number four. Uh, so, Nate, I'll just get to you. So, I think um, three of the teams are pretty close. Um, the Bills are first. Um, Dolphins are second. Patriots are third. Jets are the only team that's a little bit far from the rest of the three, but they're last, yeah. And then Mete. Uh, I'm the same with Nate. I had Bills one, Patriots two, Dolphins three, Jets four. Uh, I think Patriots will be way better than last year, so they have a chance to be the first team in this division for sure. And then just getting to you, Terry. Bills one, Pats and Finns are basically two way two B, and Jets three. Uh, Jets four, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Jets at four. And then um, I guess we'll just project a record now for each team within the division. Obviously we can't project a record over the whole league. Cause we, you know, there's a lot of other factors there, but I guess just looking at each division, um, I guess, Terry, this time I'll start with you. Um, just looking at um, each of the teams that they play each other twice. So six games total, what's the six game record for each team? Uh, first off, let's get off with the easy one. Jets 0-6. Um, after that, I want to say Bills 5-1. and And then, who else is there? You got the Pats and then you got the Finns. I feel like they show up with identical records. 4-2, I believe, each. 
So, yeah, that's my prediction for the East. Yeah, I think uh, two teams have wins against each other, so maybe Buffalo might have to be 4-2 and two also. Yeah, 4-2, and two. yeah. Yeah, everyone's four and two except for the Jets. Yeah, okay. And then um, I guess getting to you, Nate, uh, what are your records? So I basically have everyone four and two except for the Jets. Um, three of those teams, they're just so close to each other that I think that um, they should be able to take one game against each other each. Um, two of those wins are going to come from the Jets, unfortunately. Um in every category we just covered, the Jets are at a disadvantage ex- with the exception of maybe the front seven. So um, they're going to have it um, rough for the division games. Optimistically, maybe you could s- see them take like maybe one or two if you really like the Jets. But for the most part, I put them at 0-6. Yeah, I think I have pretty much the same as everyone else. Four and two for each of the top three teams and then 0 and six for the Jets. Um, most teams should be getting their wins at home. And then with the Jets, I guess you can, you can win home or away. Uh, they're, they're just a step lower, like everyone said. Um, and then Mete, I guess for you, probably pretty similar. Um, honestly, I had the same as you guys. Four and two for everyone except the Jets, but now I'm thinking, I just checked the schedule. The Bills are playing the Jets last week. And so let's say the Bills are, they have a bye or something, or they have nothing to play for. They rest all their players. Maybe the Jets could get one win and <laughs> knock the Bills to three and three in the division. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's actually a good point. Um, I guess we're not giving the Jets <laughs> enough love in this division. and. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, giving them a bit of love, that's that's definitely uh, something different. Uh, so I'll definitely, I definitely like that take. But um, yeah, that's pretty much the preview for the AFC East. I think we pretty much covered every aspect of it. We can kind of see which teams are a lot better, uh, which teams are a lot worse, which teams need to improve and so on. So that's going to be the end of Fanatics Football. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcasts. Um, just make sure that uh, you give us a follow there. Uh, we post uh, picks for games. We post a lot of other content. So definitely check us out. Uh, and then for the podcast, uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, click the bell on YouTube for notifications. Leave us a review. All that good stuff. And thanks again, guys, uh, for the preview. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.